The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his mouth and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Go Balls 247. I am Jason Swain, live in the Low T Center studio on a beautiful day in East Tennessee. Y'all should see Ben. If y'all ain't watching, y'all should see Ben. The way he's laid back in his chair with that I told you so pose. That's Ben McKee. All right, Ben, go ahead, man. I I just want to know if we're allowed to to think positively uh, about Tennessee football recruiting right now. Are, are we allowed to do that on, on this version uh, of the show, on, on this episode? Are, are we allowed to be positive about Tennessee football recruiting? I, I know that they were uh, 11th in, instead of 10th, and that was reason to, to freak out and, and, and jump off a bridge, but – uh, now, now that they're in the top ten, are, are we allowed to to be happy? Uh, are we allowed to to speak freely and and positive uh, about them? Hey, man, you know my take. My take on Tuesday was about defensive line. It was about the trenches and some of those misses. And it's okay to be a little disappointed that you missed out on some really good players, considering you missed out on one to. Arizona, uh, you, you missed out on one from a, a player that is going to skip all the SEC schools to go to USC, and um, some of those defensive linemen. Tennessee was in the top spot for at one point, and that's no longer the case. And that's recruiting. It happens. It's fluid. And it's okay to have an emotion or reaction after – taking a huge swing after a big-time prospect uh, and missing. But when you look at what Tennessee just got, Ben McKee, you know I, I don't have a problem with that now. Five-star wide receiver from the state of Georgia, you beat out Georgia, you beat out Clemson, you beat out USC. I have no problems with that, Ben. None whatsoever. And it's only, I think, just begun a string of recruiting commitments for Tennessee in the next seven to 10 days. Yeah. It's, it's got the makings of of making July look like a a big month, uh, which is uh, funny how that works when, when you evaluate at the end of the month and instead of in, in, in the middle of the month, but yes, Mike Matthews is a massive commitment Uh, in the 24 seven rankings. Uh, he is the highest-ranked receiver uh, to commit to Tennessee of all time. Uh, and I I can't remember if that was just the, the composite rankings, which takes all of the uh, recruiting. Swain is shaking his head, so I guess that's in the 
composite no, I'm rankings. Just, I'm just bobbing my head to music I don't even hear right now. I'm just I'm just that hype. <laughs> Fair you know how you do that, man? You like you bob your head and it's really no music playing, but you hear music in your head because you're thinking about a beat. That's what I'm doing yep. right now. I love it. The beat I is love it. Well, whether, whether it's 247's personal rankings or, or the rankings that uh, take all of the publications into consideration to to come up with one big ranking, uh, he is quite literally the biggest receiver commit of all time in, in Tennessee football history, which is uh, pretty spectacular. Uh, and and pretty astonishing is the better word, uh, given the receivers that have played for Tennessee. Now that doesn't guarantee that Mike Matthews is is going to have success. Obviously, recruiting rankings don't lead to success. He's going to have to to come to Tennessee and, and prove that he was worthy of that ranking. But uh, there there isn't a, a person who evaluates football at a high level that thinks poorly of of Mike Matthews, the football player. I mean, he's he's just a ball player, man. Uh, that, that's what his high school coach told Ryan Callahan of Go Vols 24-7 and in the piece that, that Ryan posted and speaking to the coach. He just makes plays. Uh, you, you've seen clips even this week of, of him playing safety. I think it was safety. You couldn't really tell completely in the video, but he was playing defensive back and uh, went up like he was Eric Berry or something and making a, a one-handed catch. Like He, he would probably be a five-star DB as well. Uh, and and a, a lot of the services, I know 247, had him ranked as an athlete first and foremost because he, he's kind of newer to the receiver position and uh, he's athletic enough and, and just a, a big-time enough football player to where he, he can play either at a really, really high level. So um, it's just an, a, an explosive athlete, explosive football player, receiver, and uh, we, we kind of touched on it on Tuesday. Just hard not to get excited if you're a Tennessee fan about uh, the offensive talent that that's coming in with, with Nico Iamaliava and Jake Merklinger and uh, you know Nathan Laycock just came in this past cycle on on top of some other guys and and then this receiver class all of a sudden Swain uh, you, you've got Braylon Staley you, you've now got Mike Matthews uh, Ethan Davis he, he's he'll be a true freshman this year I think people are kind of forgetting about Jonathan Eccles because he committed so early he's the tight end athlete uh, in the current class and and you pair that with Braylon Staley and and, and with Mike Matthews, and, and you can go out and land a, a Ryan Wingo or an Amari Jefferson to kind of put the cherry on top. There's still some work to be done with those two guys. But if, if you could pull one of those off to, to put the cherry on top, I mean, good luck to anybody in the country trying to top that skill position unit that Tennessee would be bringing in. Yeah, Tennessee is flirting with the top five class uh, this year for sure. Um, after next week, Tennessee should be in the top five if they're able to land on, you know, Kai Bates, uh, Evan Spillman, who are set to make their announcement. Um, Evan Spillman is going to make his on, on Friday, and then Kai Bates is going to make his on uh, next week on Wednesday on the 26th. So uh, that'll be a nice little birthday present for, for your boy uh, as my birthday is on Thursday. So come on, Kai Bates. Give a VFL a nice Christmas present. You mentioned... Two four sevens, all time commits and rankings, and um, I, I do think it's important to to throw in some context for those that may not know. But two four seven is not a publication that's been around since nineteen nineties or anything. Um, the number one overall prospect that signed with Tennessee, according to two four seven, is Bryce Brown. Number two is Eric Berry. Number three is Nico Iamaliava. 
Number four is Khalil McKenzie. Number five is Gerald Riggs. Uh, number six is Michael Munoz. Jabbar Davis at seven. And eight, Demetrius Morley. The oldest player on here is from the class of 2000. So Mike Matthews is sitting at number nine. And that's what Ben was referring to as one of the highest ranked wide receivers or players in Tennessee history, but the highest rated wide receiver in Tennessee football history, according to two, four, seven sports. And he was evaluated playing safety receiver. He's just a tremendous athlete that can jump out of the gym. I thought you were going to say John Morant when you mentioned jumping. No, we're 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 gonna. Why not? Uh, I I got some John Morant memorabilia behind me. Like, that's hopefully the perfect Jack comparison. Track. What are you, what are you like, talking about? He's six one. He's one eighty. That's John Morant. John Morant six yeah, three. Yes, but we're not ta- we're not referencing John Morant. Come on, Ben. You gotta be a real fan and back your boy up here. And we're just talking about jumping ability. We're not talking I, about I, I will else. I will back I, I I'm not giving up on John Morant, but I, I would appreciate it if he would stop acting like a moron I mean, uh, it, and quit it, making me look silly wearing his stuff around. He hasn't done anything in a couple weeks. So hey, we could we could mention <laughs> we could mention how Mike Matthews jumping ability. You honestly swing I I will let me throw this at you. I was thinking to myself yesterday at some point and, and this is dangerous so i, I, oh, put, I like please dangerous. put me back in in my place you you obviously know football better than i you, you know receivers uh hey look you can say a lot of things about me swain the, the one thing people can't say is that i i'm not willing to be put back in my place i i can i i am self-deprecating and, and i i understand my strengths and i understand my weaknesses that sure. i that is a strength understanding my weaknesses so i, I don't know football like you and I, I don't know receivers like you but I had this thought in my head in, in terms of somebody Mike Matthews reminds me of in terms of athleticism. And I don't know if it's a silly comparison or not. A shorter Justin Hunter. Uh, well, I mean, if you mentioned just if you just compare some jumping, if you're comparing jumping, absolutely. I mean, Justin Hunter was a world class track athlete uh, that has some freakish hops as a high jumper so yeah i'm i'm cool with that yeah i'm cool with that you you scared me a little bit I, what about a a, a Devonte smith reference since since he is a smaller guy or is he a little too small i don't know how tall Devonte smith is off the top of my head but he's, I mean, a, he's a little he's, guy he's six he's six foot somewhere around that okay. range and and uh, Matt, mike matthews is already bigger than Devonte smith when Devonte smith was a senior in high school well and and the reason i'm kind of making Mike Matthews out to to be a, a little smaller, I guess. For it, it's by receiver standards, right? Like I I went to the airport uh, back in football portal season uh, when Dante Thornton, who is what six five, uh, yes. he, he is a, a very tall individual. You see you see Dante Thornton, and you think he either plays football or basketball. He he plays something. That that dude is, and I mean, and and he is skinny, but he's also kind of built for how tall he is as well maybe not like des Bryant or something like that but he's got some muscle on him for for a guy who has a lean body mm-hmm. uh, but like dante thornton his his you know body is kind of it, it speaks for itself whereas when i went and saw mike matthews at the airport after his official visit last month he he his size doesn't stand out 
is kind of my point. Like you, you see Mike Matthews and it's just kind of like a, a quiet confidence. And I, I think the athleticism, if you, if you're aware of Mike Matthews, you know that he is athletic and, and, and is a heck of a playmaker. But if, if you just showed up to a football field and you had no idea like the history or the background on, on this player or that player, like Mac, Mike Matthews isn't somebody that you want getting off the, the bus mm. uh, and not in terms of like off the bus first and not in the sense of like, he looks bad or anything. It's just like, he's one eighty. you wouldn't man. think he's that a guy like that, his athleticism pops. Yeah. He's 180. He's 180. I mean, I, I think people can understand that he's 180. He He's not like he's six, two, six, three, 210 and already rocked up and chiseled playing wide receiver like that. But he jumps and plays like it. That's kind yeah, of the yeah. point that I'm making. I mean, I'm watching this fan right now and and I get I get what you're saying, but he he is a jump ball god at the high school level. Um jump with him if you want to. You're going to get Moss. He's a guy that at this level, at the SEC level, I would be surprised if we see him catching corner routes from the slot position uh, in the end zone or playing on the outside and catching a fade because of his jumping ability. I wonder what his vertical jump is. He is a 4-4 guy uh, looking at the 247 recruiting profile and scout report on him um, when he was evaluated February of this year you guys mentioned the fact that he clocked one of the fastest four year times during a loaded camp around the Atlanta area, um, right before well, the spring. So uh, he possesses the speed. He's a top tier athlete. And you look at this class, the theme, one of the themes is speed on the outside. I mean, um, Boo Carter, 5'10", 184, quick, shifty, fast. I don't really care about Boo Carter's 40 time because I heard that he ran 21 miles per hour. So, like, that's all you need to know uh, there. But you're adding more speed to this class, and you're adding a guy that can play receiver, he can play DB, and he wants to play receiver. So guess what you're going to do? You're going to let him play receiver. <laughs> that's what you're going to do. But Tennessee – beating out Clemson, beating out Georgia, beating out uh, Southern Cal. And he's from the state of Georgia. So when you're looking at rankings, you just go ahead and add a half a star <laughs> when, you look, when you're looking at a player from the state of Georgia because the competition is just that much better than 99.9% .9 of places around the country when it comes to high school football, 100%. So – well, and Swain, if, if you're on the profile and you scroll down a little bit, you can see his athletic background oh, yeah. uh, in, in terms of what he's done in high school. And it looks like it maybe needs to be updated a, a little bit, but it says that he ran an 11.5700 meter as a freshman and added a 17 and two and a half long jump and 510 high jump. So uh, he is a guy that competes in track and field. Uh, he plays basketball, uh, scored over 20 points multiple times as a sophomore. So, uh, that that kind of speaks to to his athleticism. Not again, it kind of just seeing the guy in person, you you wouldn't think it, but you you once the the game starts and kind of whatever he's playing, I mean he he automatically 
just immediately jumps out and is usually the the best athlete on on the court on the field <laughs> at at the track and field uh, he he's just a, a freak of an athlete and and that's what uh, Tennessee is is getting in him and and it'll be really really fun to to watch him play in in this Tennessee offense especially surrounded by by all of the weapons um that are around um him uh so i to me like this is i mean it's massive for for so many so many reasons and uh just just keeping it simplistic like on one hand he's a a freak of an athlete or a freak of a football player receiver like it's you want football players like this on your team it's that simple but on the other hand i i i think this also sends a statement to the rest of college football swain uh, and and Steve Wiltfong, uh, our director of recruiting uh, at two four seven, he he said this in his uh, breakdown of of Mike Matthews committing to Tennessee. He said beating Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and USC for one of the Peach State's best shows the prowess this Tennessee staff has on the trail. This is a program that's on the cusp of winning a national championship. That that right there. Those two sentences back to back is is a loud statement, and you know it, it's it. I I truly believe that as well, and not saying that as a a guy that covers Tennessee on a a day to day basis, but I I truly believe those comments. Uh, we we kind of talked about it the other day about needing to beat out these teams on the recruiting trail, uh, and they are starting to do that more frequently, and it, it does show the prowess that Tennessee has on the recruiting trail. And when you pair that with the culture in the locker room and their ability to scheme up things X's and O's wise and just knowing all the resources at Tennessee, it's hard not to think that they're uh, not on the cusp of winning a national championship. I think it's easy to sit here and go, oh, Tennessee is loaded a wide receiver. Where is he going to play? Well, if Tennessee has a season that they are preparing to have and want to have, especially with, Joe Milton's last year. You're gonna lose Ramel Keaton, Bruce McCoy, and Dante Thornton. There, these three players could all be gone next season, and if that happens, you're gonna need more players who are ready to play day one. And that's what you get when you get a five-star player who also, according to Steve Whitfrong, plans to be an early enrollee in January. So you get a guy who not only is a five-star that has day one contributor potential and ability, you're going to get him in January, which means he's going to be even more prepared to contribute early in his freshman year if Ramel Keaton, Brew McCoy, Dante Thornton, all three are gone. So that's how big this commitment was. You got a player at a position of need. I know I've talked about defensive line I've talked about defensive tackle I've talked about the offensive line and offensive tackle because I am thinking about Georgia I'm thinking about Florida I know those are the teams that we have to beat to get over the hump when you read a quote from Whitfrong and he's talking about Tennessee being on the cusp of running a championship well you're on the cusp because Georgia's in the way and to win that you're gonna have to beat Georgia once or twice, but you're going to have to beat Georgia. And the way to do that is you got to be bullies in the trenches. Like I saw a Bama player that had a chain, TK, chain as a player from Alabama. And that stood for trench killer. 
that's that's what we gotta have. We gotta have more of those guys. And so I know I've been harping on those positions, but you gotta get a player like this too. Because when you look at the championships that Clemson has won, Alabama has won. They didn't win those with scrubs at wide receiver. They didn't win those with 12 play drives and three yards in a cloud of dust. No, they won those with explosive plays on the outside. And a lot of those dudes who made explosive plays on the outside in those championship games, Ben, they're preparing for NFL camp here in the next couple of days. And so that's, man, that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. So Tennessee gets a big time commitment, five star. Seth Stokes, man, let me tell you, Seth Stokes sent me a text message today. And the text message said, five star. <laughs> like, that's what it said. Five <laughs> S-T, about seven A's and about eight H's. Five star. <laughs> that's what Seth sent me today. <laughs> so, five star, wide receiver from the state of Georgia. Mike Matthews, one we have been waiting on for a while now. Who's up next? Well, Edwin Spillman making his announcement tomorrow, Friday. Looking forward to that. How about Kyle Bates making his announcement next week on Wednesday? Looking forward to that as well. If Tennessee is able to get both of those, have you done the calculations, Ben? Huh? Not with Kai. Not with Kai Bates, uh, because when we spoke on on Tuesday, uh, Kai Bates had had not been planning on announcing. Uh, but gotcha. uh, as of Tuesday morning, when I plugged in Mike Matthews and and Edwin Spillman, if Tennessee is able to hold off Ohio State and secure that commitment on, on Friday, uh, Tennessee would have been eighth. And then obviously, one thing to remember when operating with the class calculator is guys are committing left and right at, at this point in in the summer. So obviously if, if this school picks up a, a big time commitment that, that also might shake things up a, as well. But uh, no, I, I have not counted it or tried to calculate it uh, since Kai Bates said that uh, he was going to make a decision as well. Let me see. I, I've never, I've never done it before. Let me see. Let me, let me I'll try do it. it real quick. Let me see. Let me, I want to do it too, man. Hold on. I can, we, we can, <laughs> We can do it together. Hold on. Hold on. I've never done it before. All right. Here we go. Boom. I got Mike Matthews in there. Part view. Okay. All right. Calculate. 280.80. That would put Tennessee at number three. I know one thing, man. I've been. I've had, I've had, I've had to catch myself because a couple times this week I've looked at the rankings and I've had to do like a double take, like whoa, whoa, wait, what, what, hold on, what team is that? Is that Florida? Wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. I've seen Florida sitting there at at number three and I had to catch myself a little bit. I was getting a little jealous. I, I had major questions like, how? How are they doing that? What are what? Then I caught myself and said, you know what, Swain? We 
we're gonna be all right here in a couple days. We got a chance to be to be right there with less commitments. Because Florida right now has 21 commitments. Tennessee with the commitment of Mike Matthews uh looks like sitting at 16. Well, ours have not updated not just yet, yet since yet. he committed. So what do I know? Yeah, I hit refresh. Honey, I need, uh, I need to holler at Whitfrong. What's, what's up, man? Come on, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's not my department. Also, I don't know what you did, but if, if Tennessee were to land Kai Bates and Edwin Spillman on top of landing Mike Matthews, which they already have, that would give them 260. Wait. Maybe I misheard you. Sounded like you said 280. Did I say? Um, I think maybe I hold on. Let me do it again. I think I said. But they would have 260, which would put them at fifth uh, behind Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, and Michigan. Jeez, that's my first time. And ahead of Alabama, USC, Penn State, A&M, Notre Dame. Yeah, I can't. I can't really put too much stock in being in front of Alabama at this point. We know how they roll. They always Correct. have those late. They also late have pushes. 14 commits. Where like, and here's. Speaking of that, that's one thing to also keep in mind with recruiting rankings. Michigan is fourth with 26 commits. Alabama is fifth with 14 commits. Michigan has 12 more commits than Alabama. Yeah, 260.80. That's what I said. Yes, that put them at fifth right now. Yeah. that's hey, we'll, we'll take that right now. I said it the other day. Get in the top five, you know, top ten. Develop the guys that you bring in and, and let the X's and O's take care of the rest. No, 100%. 100%. I still want more defensive tackles. I still want offensive tackle. That, that's what I want in this class. But looking good so far. Looking good so far. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here in the Low T Center studio. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in america be right back good morning swain event family take a deep breath in and release we're all back together in the a.m and life is good if you have real estate needs just give me a call jennifer morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go vols What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Guys, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your annual health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you just need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. That's Low T Center. Reinventing men's health care when you are craving some quality barbecue there's only one place to go 
Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Welcome back. Swain Event Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is a great day here on the program. Why? Because Tennessee moving on up. To the east side with big time commitments landing here in Knoxville in the month of July. And hopefully that does not slow down. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. It is hot on the recruiting trail. It is also hot outside, which means Hiller is here for you if you are looking to replace. Those home systems. What do I mean? I mean your HVAC system, your heating, cooling, and electrical go-to is Hiller. This month, specials taking place that include Yeti. Check this out. When you purchase a new HVAC system, Hiller's going to give you two Yeti trailhead camping chairs. Also, the Yeti Panga 28-liter waterproof backpack as well as the Yeti Tundra 75 cooler and two Yeti tumblers for free. Stay chilling all summer long. Call Hiller today. Go to the website, happyhiller.com. Ooh, wow, Ben. Man. Big day. Big day. Big day today for Tennessee, man. Finishing up, wrapping up. SEC Media Days, we have heard from basically all of the teams and, and coaches except for Lane Kiffin, who is going to talk today at 10.05 or so. Uh, then Shane Beamer, scheduled for 11.30. And then Josh Heupel, 1 p.m. Hopefully, hopefully, and this is weird because Tennessee is like the last team to be covered. And usually what happens on the last day, the room is not as packed on the last day as it was on the first day. And the room is not as packed on the last day as it was on the second day. And the room is not as packed with the last team on the third day like it, like it is with the first team on the third day. And so you got Joe Milton, you got Amari Thomas, you got Jacob Warren, We've covered Joe Milton for the last two years entering our third season. We know what type of personality Joe Milton has. The world has a chance to learn about Joe Milton uh, today during SEC Media Days because he's going to walk in the, in the building. He's 6'5". He's not small. He's not, you know, Nico where he's still trying to fill out and, and gain weight and gain muscle. Like, Joe's been in the weight room for, for a little minute. And then you take on, you put on top of that, the dreads. He's going to probably wear them up. 
So he's gonna he's gonna command the room, man, just on appearance, and then he's gonna be laid back. He's gonna be cool. He's gonna crack some jokes here and there. You know he's gonna be confident. He's already made some comments showing off his confidence at the Manning Passing Academy, where he said, "No, I don't lose in Florida." Do you think that <laughs> comment will be brought back up today at SC Media Days? What do you think, Ben? Put on your media uh, cap, or what's keep that? It on. Keep keep your media cap on, I guess, because you are media <laughs> and you have the cap on. I I try to keep my media cap on at all times when. Uh, that red record button is is on. I, I try not to get out of out of the cap too much and, and call people meat sticks. Uh, which remember, if if you're not if you're not calling Jennifer Morrison, you are looking for a house in the Knoxville area. You are a meat stick. Uh, so so call Jennifer if 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 you need a if you need a new house and, and you're looking to upgrade uh, yourself and, and your family. Uh, but I I don't know if it'll get brought back up or not, Swain. Uh, I, I I don't. I don't know that that comment really got picked up as as much as maybe you would think that it would. I I did not see like any Florida people talking about it. Maybe I missed it, but I I didn't see it making the rounds amongst Florida people. Tennessee baseball wearing Florida football helmets made made the rounds more <laughs> seemed uh, with Florida people than that Joe Milton comment, which is surprising. Uh, so I I would think that if if it gets brought back up. It's somebody asking him about it and making that comment. But I mean that that just kind of gives you insight into to Joe Milton and, and who he is and, and kind of what his personality is. Uh he doesn't he's he's not trying to act like Johnny Manziel or Marshall Henderson or, you know, talking out the side of his neck just for the sake of, of talking out of the side of his neck. He he's not Connor McGregor up there. That that's just kind of the it's a quiet confidence, but it's also not a quiet confidence. If 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 that makes sense, uh, he, he's very very laid back and and chill, and really isn't afraid to tell you what's on his mind, which is why I say it it is and it and it isn't because on the other hand, it's like he doesn't really care what you think about what he thinks. <laughs> he he's gonna tell you how he feels, but he's also I know we're talking about something that could be a bulletin board piece of material for Florida. But he also he doesn't say outrageous things like, he, yeah, you can tell he has confidence and, and he's not afraid to let you know his thoughts on things and, and that he does have a lot of confidence. But he's also, I guess, quick and to the point with his confidence. He, he's not really drawing it out and, and, and giving a, a lengthy answers. It's a, a sentence or two, maybe three. And, and he, he's jam packing that that short answer with with all the confidence and and kind of flamboyance that that he has uh so it it's a laid back confidence but also a kind of in your face confidence you know that he has it the moment you start speaking to him he, even going back to when it was last fall before we i mean we had heard that Joe had a nice off season going yeah. into last season right yeah, for sure. like we knew that he was putting in the work but everybody was still rightfully skeptical about whether that would translate to the field. We didn't know that the Joe Milton we saw last year would be the Joe Milton that we saw at that point. And he still was like, no, I didn't lose my starting job. <laughs> He's always kind of had that, that confidence to him. And you cannot convince him that he actually lost his starting job in his mind. He got hurt against Pittsburgh and Hendon hooker just kind of took it and, and ran with it. And in his mind, Tennessee had two starting quarterbacks. 
which which gives you an insight to the confidence that that Joe has. It, it it's more confidence than anybody in the room at all times. Uh, so that that's what you see in glimpses from him. So uh, I I don't know that he's going to necessarily volunteer comments like that uh, unless maybe somebody pokes it out of him or brings it back up. But but we'll see because again he he's not afraid to tell you what's on his mind in a in a respectful way. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess Joe didn't lose the job. I mean, Hendon took the job, so I mean, it's what. But, well, remember he went down with the. I remember what happened. Ankle, but it. Do you? I think if that ankle thing doesn't happen, at some point Hendon's going in the game. Whether it's that Pittsburgh game, whether it's in a couple of weeks in, in Gainesville when when Tennessee was down by like I think a touchdown going into the fourth quarter in the swamp. Uh, and and somebody dropped a pass. Was it the the young bull that that just transferred, uh, Jimmy Callaway? What wasn't it? He that that dropped like a pass on third and nine or whatever it was that would have been the first down. And Florida just kind of took a, over the game. Yeah, that was a fourth down. Was it on fourth down? Yeah, that was on fourth down, and that that changed. That that yes. was the end of Jimmy Callaway. Yes, and also the end of Tennessee in that game. Yeah, for sure. So I like I think he, he, even if Joe doesn't get hurt against Pittsburgh and does play against Florida in a couple of weeks, I think at some point, just in my opinion, on the trajectory that it seemed Joe was on with the overthrows, the the misthrows, like I, I think at some point Hendon would have gotten a shot, even if Joe doesn't get hurt. So I guess you can technically say that Hendon took took advantage of, of Joe getting hook, hurt and, and ran with it. But I also do have my own opinion that I, I think Hendon would have got a shot at some point just based off of how Joe was playing, and I, I felt like the trajectory that he was on. I appreciate Joe's mindset, mentality. Like, I don't lose. I either win or I learn. I didn't. I don't lose. Like, you refuse to lose. I, I Like, I respect that. I understand that coming from him. But Benjamin, Thomas, McKee, when you have something, you have a title, and that title is starting quarterback, and then you don't have it anymore, you're not starting quarterback. You lost that title, whether it's to injury, which many people believe you're not supposed to lose your job to injury. But tell that to Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady. Like, he's supposed to, but like, hey, man. It happens, and it happened with Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Like, it happens, and that's what happened with Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker. Like, Hendon came in, and he was great. So, Joe lost his starting quarterback job. That's, I mean, that's 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 how it works. That's what it is. He learned a ton. He got better. There's no doubt that at all, but man, we don't have to play the word gymnastics. We, we we are veterans at this. If you're a Tennessee fan and you've been one for the last at least 10 years, you know that population to the football is the same damn thing as game tackling. You know that. You don't get caught up in the word games. You know what words mean. And Joe Milton lost his job. 
<laughs> it's simple as that. It's simple as that. But everything happens for a reason. And what happened when he lost his job was he got a chance to see Hendon grow, develop, take this program to another level, and lay out the blueprint for him and future quarterbacks. I have never been more confident in Joe than I am today. And after that Orange Bowl game, I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. And before the Orange Bowl game, I was like, whew, I don't know what we're going to see. But, boy, I hope Joe Milton does not play like he played in 2021 because that's going to be a bad look with Nico coming in in January. Uh, that's going to be bad. But that's that's going to that's going to put a that's going to put a lot of pressure on Joe. I you know I, Virginia should be a, a you, blowout. You win. think some, you think Nico's going to put a lot of pressure on Joe? If if Joe struggles like you just well yeah like yeah. hypothetically said yeah yes. he, yeah yeah but yeah no yeah, like, the point. I think Joe's going to take it and, and run with it. I, I do think there will be some frustrating moments here and there, but I, I think overall, like Joe is going to have a, a pretty uh, special season. Uh, I two four seven. We put out our SEC predictions. Uh, we individually voted, and and then as a site, we put out our our SEC predictions, like order of finish in the East, the West, uh, players of the years, and and those kind of things. And I considered voting Joe Milton as my SEC Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, hmm? I, th- I think Joe's going to have a really, really good season. Well, and and the point you. that I was going to make, Swain, is just speaking to my confidence in Joe, I have more question marks with the, the people around Joe than I do Joe himself. Like, I am yeah. I think receivers will be just fine. I, I don't think enough people are talking about Brew McCoy. I, 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 I don't know if it's because he's not as flashy as, as Jalen Hyatt and, and – didn't have the thousand yard season like Cedric Tillman did in, in 2021 going into 2022. Or I don't know if it's because he's not as fast as, as Dante Thornton and shifty as squirrel white, but it, to me, it doesn't feel like enough people are talking about brew McCoy. Uh, but I, I think Brew's going to have a great year. I think Dante is going to have a really, really special season. Uh, I think Romel, I've spoke on him a bunch this summer. I, I think he's going to prove to be the most consistent receiver out of a, a really talented room. Uh, so I think the receivers are going to be fine. Running backs, they may not have that one game-changing back that you'd like to hand the ball off to, but I, I do think that as a group, I, I really like the running back room. Uh, it's it's the offensive line room. I mean, who who steps up at tackle? To, you're not going to replace Darnell Wright. I mean, he was the number 10 overall pick for a reason. He, he's going to be starting for your Chicago Bears, I assume, as a rookie, which tells you all you need to know. And speaking to, to your point in the trenches uh, earlier, like, all all of those skill position players were fun. The the reason Tennessee took the big step it did last year was because of the play along the line of scrimmage. That that's what allowed Tennessee to go from an seven eight win team to a ten eleven win team. Mm-hmm. It is the play of of the trenches, uh, and it was a question mark going into last season. I, I don't think anybody expected the the O line and D line to play as well as it did last year. But it is once again a, a question mark in, in my opinion. Uh, especially at, at tackle. I, I like the interior of the line for Tennessee uh, with, with Cooper and, and Spraggs, uh, but but they do have some other spots that they need to to figure out in, in training camp. But a long-winded way of saying, like, I have more questions about the offensive line than I do Joe Milton. And, and I I think if 
you would have told me that I would have that feeling when Joe was, you know, backing up Hendon that first season, I, I would have told you that you were crazy because I, I didn't think I'd ever rebound and, and have this type of confidence in Joe. Again, I think there's going to be frustrating moments here and there uh, because I, I do think there's a, a little boom or bust uh, to, to Joe's, you know, style of play. I, I do think there are going to be those frustrating moments and not like in totality, like a entire game, but maybe like a quarter or, or a series or two to where he misses on a throw here and there. Like, I think those moments are going to happen but there, uh, in total totality. I think he's going to have a really special season. I, yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, misses happen. I mean, misses happen. You just don't want those misses to be on third down and, you know, you're taking shot plays and it's wide open and, uh, the, the the ball is thrown either too far or you have a string on the ball because you're trying to put it. You're trying to aim it instead of just trying to throw it, and the ball is short. So uh, you don't want those throws at all. Um, I I like the fact that Joe Milton said that he doesn't lose in Florida, and I think it's a direct shot in a indirect way. I don't think he like meant it on his. At the time, like yo, I'm a, I'm about to trash Florida with this answer. Like I don't think he meant it, but when he said it, I don't think he's like, oh man, I shouldn't have said that. He's like, oh yeah, I said it. Okay, cool, whatever. I'm still confident in what my team is going to do, my abilities. I also like what Alabama's offensive lineman, who calls himself the Trench King, had the necklace on on um, Wednesday. At C Media Days, TK, that stands for Trench Killer. He said, we're going to win it all. We're going to win the national championship. Undefeated. Okay. All right. He says, Joe Moore Award. I want that Outland Trophy. So it's just every day is set in stone. And everybody in the group, we got leaders, great spirits of the team. So we know what we're capable of and know we're capable of being great. So I have no problem with the any of the comments. And you should have a goal for yourself. He's an NFL player, but he's, he's the next Alabama offensive line stud that's going to go in the NFL. So wouldn't be surprised if he wins the Outland Trophy, to be honest. But I like the confidence. I like him calling his shot. I know Nick Saban may not love what he said. We're going to win it all. We're going to the national championship undefeated. So if you're a Tennessee, if you're Auburn, if you're anybody on Alabama's schedule, you, you take this and you bring it up game week. And, hey, man, everyone goes to SEC Media Days and they stick to the script. They don't really say much. I appreciate this from uh, J.C. Latham, Alabama's really, and I mean really talented offensive line. Uh, before we take – Another quick break, Ben. Switching gears before we come back to football. On the Tennessee basketball trail or front, coaches spoke about Chris Letlam. Him coming in one day and going, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going home. He had like a Forrest Gump moment. I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, I think I'm going to go home now. That's what, that's what Chris Letlam did. So, uh, what did the coaches say about 
let them and did they know was there any signs uh anything else you could add to the report about him deciding to just just go home man i mean it, it was it was really that simple i mean he, he elected to to go home uh th- this happened last week and justin ganey uh, Tennessee's assistant coach, he spoke to the media on Tuesday and, and was asked about it because that was the first Tennessee basketball media availability since it happened. Just just to put in how shocking a turn of events it was, I mean, Rick Barnes spoke to the media last Tuesday of last week and, and was talking about Ledlam and, and, and kind of the things that he was seeing. And, I mean, he, he was anticipating him being a part of, of the team. That was on Tuesday afternoon. And then – Thursday morning, Ledlam comes into the facility and and says, "I'm I'm out. I, I want to go back home." And went back home and, and was immediately in the portal. He committed to St. John's on Wednesday, uh, which is one of the three schools along with Indiana that he considered when he was transferring from Harvard. And he, he's kind of doing the Josiah route in terms of of walking on, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at St. John's for Rick Pitino. Uh, which St. John's is over there in Queens, and and they play in the Garden. And he is a New York native, so he is going home. This isn't Dejon Terry telling the the staff that he wants to to go home, and home is Mississippi, and ends up at Oklahoma. I was like what the hell? That. You know what's crazy, man? I I saw him a week before that, like in, in the grocery store. And when I see all these dudes out and about, I don't really mess with them. And I think sometimes, especially with doing um, some media stuff where I've, I've interviewed them before and they may recognize who I am. They kind of look at me and they're like, yo, man, ain't you such and such? But I just, I don't mess with them because they're they're in their moment, they're in their element. I don't want to bother them. And so, like, I saw John Terry just walking in Kroger, picking up some stuff. I think it was Kroger or Aldi, one of the two. But I saw him just picking up some stuff. And this was after he hit the portal. And I wanted to be like, yo, what you doing, man? Why are you leaving? You just got here. This is going to be a big season for you. But I didn't say anything. And then when I saw that he was going to Oklahoma after saying he wanted to go back home, oh, man, what are we doing here? What what geography class did I take? <laughs> well, he he is from Mississippi, and the, their stop. education does You want me to stop before yeah. I finish that sentence? Well, because Alabama ain't too much different. Yeah, that's true. But see, I, I'm an American. Better. I'm an American, Swain. I, my my high school degree may be from the state of Alabama, but freshman and sophomore years of high school was in the state of Georgia. Middle school was was in the state of North Carolina. Elementary school was in California and in New York. Uh, kindergarten was in Japan, and college was in Tennessee. So I'm I'm American made. I, I know right. you're built by Bama. I'm built by America. I'm built okay? by so I'm bi- I'm built by uh, <laughs> Mountain Gap Middle and Grissom High School. Noted academic juggernauts in the city <laughs> in state city oh, of Huntsville, Alabama, state of Alabama. Oh, you mean the the academic juggernaut where the uh, the the, the Council, the 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 what's the the I'm forgetting the title off the top of my head. The, the lady that what's that? The school counselor. Yeah, the guidance counselor. Yeah, uh, the the one at at Grissom, that juggernaut of education that told on you to the NCAA because she was mad that you didn't go to Alabama hey, and, and was going to Tennessee. Oh, you mean that that academic juggernaut? Hey, 
the curriculum was on point. The standards was high. Grades were great. A lot of people got academic scholarships. That doesn't mean that you don't have a bum of a counselor that tries to prey on young young people because she's mad that the player didn't go to her sorry team in 2003. It doesn't take away that. Yeah, but Chris Ledlam leaving was a a surprise. That one surprised them, uh, and he he actually did want to go home, unlike DeJon Terry, and uh, he's going to play for for St. John's. But he he was dealing with, like, a knee injury, and, and, you know, Tennessee's going to play in this three-game exhibition tour in Italy coming up the the first week and a half of of August. Uh, They – Go ahead. Where, where did he have his procedure done? Was it was it here? I don't know that. I don't know that. Because I was like, when I saw when he left, you know, he just had a procedure. I was like, wait a minute. You have a procedure in Knoxville and then just leave? That's kind of weird. Like, if I have a procedure somewhere, I want to rehab in a place where I got my surgery done. So I've, I've, I've wondered exactly where did he get his knee procedure done at? Because, like, if you transfer out of a school – are you going to trust the doctors at that school to get a knee procedure before going to your new school? Like, was it a, was it a third party or was it orchestrated by the school that either he was at at the time, which maybe it's Tennessee or the school that he came from? That's what I was wondering. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But uh, also uh, Josiah Jordan James decided to return to Tennessee since Ledlam committed Ledlam committed April 19th, I I believe. And, and at that point, uh, Josiah Jordan James returning to school was not at all in the cards and was totally unexpected. Uh, and oh, by the way, Tobey Awaka went over overseas and, and was bullying Chinese Taipei players that looked like me out there uh, on the floor. But like, oh, yeah, bullying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, he was, sure. he was playing like little scrawny kids, like. Like that, that were the same height as me, all five eleven and three four. So that that's who Tobey was bullying. But here's the thing: in that FIBA nineteen series. But here's the thing, though, Ben. He was bullying. I've told you this before. He was bullying seniors during the, his freshman year at points. Yeah, last he, year. I mean, this. I mean, he was raw and sometimes didn't know what the hell he was doing. But he knew when the ball hit that rim and was coming off, he knew what to do. And he would yep. bully seniors in the paint to go get yep. rebounds. He's going to lead the SEC in rebounding this year. That, that's my bold prediction, and I, I don't know that it's that bold, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's bold because you're saying somebody's going to lead one of the best conferences in the sport in a stat, but just knowing how good of a rebounder he is. And, and I I saw him on, on Tuesday. I swear he got taller. I, I think he's gotten taller by like an inch or two. Uh, maybe it's the – he's got a, a little afro. I look, and I'm no specialist on, on how to – properly take care of of afros and and, and dreads but it looked a little nappy so i i don't it looked like it needed to be picked i, I don't i don't know if that that was contributing uh but he he looks taller and and he's lean man he, he's a machine he, he's gonna cause some issues so with, with tobey having the big summer that he had and and a lot of buzz about tobey on on social media and josiah deciding to come back a knee thing being away from home you you've been up in the Northeast your entire life, and and there's a little bit of a culture shock, I'm sure, coming to the South. Uh, it just he 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 packed up and 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 he went home. So it it definitely caught Tennessee by surprise on Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning that they were talking to people about kind of their plans for Ledlam, and the next day he's in the portal. 
I can't believe you call that boy's head nappy. I mean, if it's nappy, it's nappy. I just, it's just, it's just funny to me. All right, before we take a break, I'm gonna ask you one quick question about how certain you are about Toby Walker leading the SEC in rebounding. Out of all the athletes on campus, are you more sure Toby Walker leading the SEC in rebounding than any other athlete leading the SEC in any stat? It could be women's basketball. It could be softball. It could be men. I mean, it could be football. You know, Joe Milton leading the league in yards or leading the league in touchdowns or a receiver leading the league in, in receiving yards. Are you more sure in Toby Walker leading the conference in rebounding than any other Tennessee athlete leading the SEC in any particular category? Does uh, Jalen McCullough miss tackles count? <sighs> I'm kidding, kind of. Uh, actually, well, now now that you you put me on the spot with that, I, I thought of two that are really interesting. One's his own teammate. Santi's led the SEC in three-point shooting the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to envision him not leading it for a third year. So, so maybe the answer to that is no, because I've seen Santi lead the, the league in three-point shooting the past two seasons, and Tobey hasn't led the league in rebounding once. Uh, and also, Kiki Malloy is still around with, with the softball program. Uh, I'm sure she'll lead the SEC in home runs next year. You know what, Ben? John Moran, bad influence on you. I, it's bad, bad influence. I, I bring him up and, and look at you. You just you call, him, call him folks head nappy. Calling out people for missing tackles. I, John Moran, it's John Moran's fault. 865-255-03. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. Jason Swain live here in the Low T Center studio. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain event app. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Freedom Motors is the local pre-owned car dealer who does more for you than any other dealer around. You want convenience? You can check out their entire line of vehicles online at freedommotorstn.com. And when you find what you like, they'll bring the vehicle right to your door. That's a dealer who cares about you and your time. Shop Freedom Motors today and let's get you in your new ride. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. 
Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- Two five seven seven eight nine seven, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. All right, welcome back. Swain Event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Shout out to Beatty Chevrolet. It is July. That means big red tag sale going on right now Betty Chevrolet on Parkside Drive all inventory marked down with their best price on the windshield get your biggest savings on their largest inventory in years up to $10,000 off that is Betty Chevrolet BettyChevrolet.com oh boy back to Tennessee football I have one more Joe Milton point that I want to make oh please Please. About the, I, I, uh, I love Joe Milton takes the the Florida comment. Okay, that dude's going into the swamp with a lot of confidence. He should. Well, yes, he should. The point that I'm getting to is that's not a place that Tennessee has has had a lot of success in <laughs> over the years. When's the last time Tennessee won in the swamp? 2003. I was a freshman. I was a leading school. I was a leading uh, receiver in that game. Yes, and I mean you, you're you're still swole, but I mean, buddy, that was a long time ago. I mean that that was twenty years ago. Yeah, it was twenty I was, years ago. I know, I know, I do math, Ben. Okay, I was eight years old. Oh, oh Ben, eight years old, Ben. Okay, I, I know, I do math. You were like tw- eighteen. Don't need to now carry like the one. I don't need the the throw in any type of special equations. That's twenty years, Ben. I know. I got well, I was doing it for DeJon Terry if he's listening. Um, but there's not a place that Tennessee has had a lot of success at, as, as you also well know. You, you are familiar with that geography test. Uh, DeJon Terry might not, but I know you know that Tennessee has not had a lot of success in, in Gainesville. That's right. Um, but I, I – and yes, I've and I've said this many times on the show, like I, I think it's a, it's an interesting conversation like when a team hasn't won – somewhere in a very long time because yes it is that team that has not won there in a long time but because college you know players are on campus for three four five years at most if they don't transfer or leave for whatever reason like the players cycle out so frequently like these players have I mean I'm sure they've kind of been told but like the incoming freshmen or even the sophomores, do 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 they even have a grasp of the fact that Tennessee football has has struggled in the swamp this century? So I, I do think it's a fascinating we conversation, talk, we talk about this uh, and, and maybe it we, we it talk, doesn't matter, and it's more of a talking point amongst media and and fans that follow the program. But just for the sake of this point, like I think the fact that Joe's kind of going to go in there with with an ignorance to that fact and and extreme confidence, I think that's going to really bode well for the team as a whole. I mean, this this is a, a Florida team that Tennessee should maybe win by double digits. It's, it's, I don't think it's going to be a, a good Florida football team this year. I, I will 
I would be surprised if Florida is good this year. And I mean, I, I think at most they're a six, seven, one football team. Like I, I, I just don't see any talent on their roster defensively at quarterback skill positions. I, I just, it's not the Florida football that, that most of us are accustomed to seeing. So like, this is a, a team that Tennessee should go in there and handle business, quite frankly, and history would suggest otherwise. But I do think Joe's almost ignorant confidence. And I say that in, in a comp and as a compliment, like, I, I think that's actually going to bode well for the, for the team as a whole going into a place where the program has not had really any success this century. We went over this. We went over this before about Tennessee going into the swamp and how those players will handle playing down there, knowing that Tennessee hasn't had success in the swamp in, in 20 years. Um, Tennessee right now is a huge favorite um, early betting lines that were released. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull it up, uh, but Tennessee already is a huge favorite. I want to, I want to say they are already a double digit favorite. Uh, I think it's the largest line ever at the swamp four for Tennessee. And I want to say the line this past year when we played them at home was like, I want to say six or seven points. And that was the largest um, line ever. So this one this year is going to be enormous, especially if Tennessee handles business versus Virginia. And then Florida goes out and loses to Utah because Florida probably should have lost that game last year. But Florida did a great job of making a play late in the game. Uh, they, they picked the ball off. The linebacker made a great play on the ball. Uh, quarterback for Utah didn't have his best game, and Anthony Richardson was was, was unreal. And so uh, that game is at Utah, and if if Florida's zero and one, one and one before you play Tennessee, whoo, the line's not going to be in in Florida's favor at all. But like when we talked about this, I made the point that okay. Yeah, Tennessee, we haven't won in the Swamp since 2003. But the same way that recruits today don't remember players from 2003, they don't know who Casey Clawson is. They don't know Jabari Davis and, and Jason Swan. Yeah, they don't know those, know those dudes at all. Or James Banks, guys that made plays in that game. They don't, they don't know those players. So why the hell should they care about what happened? in the last 10 years or whatever. I mean, they, those guys were in elementary school and middle school um, when Tennessee's going through this drought. All they know is that Tennessee beat Florida last year. And these players on this team, most of them experienced that last year. So are they intimidated by Florida? Are they intimidated by a gator? No, they're looking at a gator like a little, little lizard without any teeth, to be honest, because of what, Tennessee was able to do against Florida at home last year. And Florida's not the same team. They'll be worse this upcoming season. Doesn't mean that Tennessee wants to play good game and, and play mistake-free and execute. They'll have to respect the opponent. But if Tennessee plays their best and Florida plays their best, then Tennessee should win by double digits. They should. I'll be curious to see what that crowd looks like as well if uh... – 
if Florida does go out and, and lose to Utah, which I think that they will, like that, that I know it'll be the the SEC opener and, and kind of the home opener. I don't know who they play week two or or before Tennessee at home, but I imagine it's a, a cupcake team, directional school. I got you. So, FanDuel early odds in February six and a half points at Florida. So that's that's. I mean, that was in February. So we could get to double digits. We could be at double digits. Uh, I'd be surprised, but we could be at double digits by September the 16th. So I do some quick research. Early line, according to FanDuel, Tennessee at Florida, six and a half points. And they play McNeese State. Florida does in between Utah and Florida, Florida, Utah is on August 31st. I guess they play on a Thursday night uh, because Tennessee's first game is what? September 2nd. Yeah. So uh, that'll be good. I'm, Oh, I'm glad that Florida, Utah's uh, that Thursday night at eight o'clock. We'll be able to watch that one because obviously on Saturday we'll be traveling to, to Nashville and, and back for a thrashing of Virginia. Uh, and then Florida will return home and play McNeese state on September 9th uh, in week two. And then obviously Tennessee comes to town week three for a night game. So it, it is the swamp. It's a night game. First SEC game. Florida fans don't like Tennessee fans, but Florida fans are also front running as well exactly. and very much fair weather. Uh, they, they, they don't show up the way that you would think that the university of Florida's fans show up. So I'm sure there, there will still be butts in the seats, but if, if they do lose that, first game to Utah, I'm curious to see the the atmosphere. And I, I don't even know that nervous energy will, will be the, the right way to put it for, for early in that football game. But I, I, I'll be curious to see if Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, yes, it'll have people in there, but are, are they kind of ready to go from the jump? I, I bet if they lose to Utah, it's going to be a, a very much a ho-hum crowd energy-wise and, and noise-wise to, to start that game. Yeah, it's um it's a night game and that's I think going to be the hope for Florida. They can jump on Tennessee early and allow that crowd to be a part of, of that game. So um that's that's a big game, especially for Florida, especially for Tennessee. First SEC game for both both programs. Um Thanks thanks a lot, Mike Wilson and Adam Sparks with your great reporting. Every time you turn around, there's a new little report out of the huge bombshell NCAA ruling that penalized Tennessee. Walter Nolan name came up. Another player that was paid money or money was spent on them illegally at Tennessee on visits, but went somewhere else. This time, it's Texas A&M. We discussed Darnell Washington, a former Georgia linebacker, who, according to the report, was paid money by Tennessee, Brown, Niedermeyer, and then he went to Georgia. No one going to put two and two together here, so we don't need to either. Walter Nolan went to Texas A&M. Literally lived down the street from the University of Tennessee. 
did he do it for a long time? No, because he transferred in from another high school in another city, different part of the state. Went to Powell High School here in Knoxville, in North Knoxville, his his last year in high school. Reports say that Nolan's visit was worth more than $3,000, and it was in the middle. It took place in the middle of the COVID-19 dead period. Oh, my gosh. Um, Brian Niedermeyer allegedly withdrew $4,000 across five transactions between October 6th October 8th to pay for the visit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't even read this stuff with a straight face. Another player that mentioned in the recruiting scandal at Tennessee under Pruitt that went to another program. I got to give some kudos, man, to, to Georgia because the way Curry Smart just played that off so smooth when asked about Darnell Washington. Now we, now we know anything about that. Because uh-huh. we know that recruiting can sometimes be a, a, a game of who is going to offer the most money, who has the best deal. So if I tell one school, hey, this one school is offering me $1, school B, after school A offers $1, is going to say, hey, we'll offer you two. So how do you know if you're beating out the other school if you don't know what the other school offers? But I just think it's hilarious how prepared, prepared Georgia players and coaches were for the questions that came in this week about Tennessee. Tip of the cap. Tip of the cap. No hating, no shade here at all. That's the way you're supposed to do it. That is how you do it. So kudos. Kudos to Georgia. Um, I wonder what's going to happen if Jimbo Fisher, Walter Nolan, once he talks to the media, which if I'm Jimbo Fisher, I Walter, you stay away from a mic. You just play football. We don't want you nowhere near a microphone. Um, but I wonder how AM was going to handle it. Um, they did not have to answer to this report because the report came after Jimbo Fisher talked to the media. He talked to the media yesterday. No, excuse me, uh, Tuesday at SC Media Days. And this report dropped on, on Wednesday. So, new information. Couldn't do a show without briefly mentioning it. It is pretty new, but whatever, man. Tennessee's moving on. We we good. And for those keeping track at home, that's now three schools that have also been mentioned in in these Tennessee. What was the third uh, one? A&M, news droppings: A and M, Alabama, and Georgia. Oh yeah, Alabama. Pruitt saying that he. He learned these methods at Alabama, or maybe not learned them, but he was doing this at Alabama, and that that's that's why he was doing this at Tennessee. <laughs> he said he was carrying around cash. I'm paraphrasing, but he said he was carrying around cash at Tennessee like he did when he was at Alabama. Oh, man. 
but just but just cheated for the first time because uh, of all uh, the racial events taking place in the country. Okay, hey man, if you're trying to get out of a bind and your career's on the line, you gotta say whatever you can say. To just get look out. at Brian Niedermeyer. Yeah, you got to say whatever you got to say. Throw your ex-girlfriend, girlfriend in the bus, throw everybody in the bus. Just whatever you got to say to get out of the bind. I, I guess I guess you do it, man. I guess you do it. <laughs> 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Big news. I know, you, I know you're happy, Nelson. I know you're happy that Ben hey, hasn't said one thing about Tennessee baseball. All you care about is Tennessee football recruiting, and that's how we started the show. Mike Matthews committed to Tennessee, the five-star wide receiver from the state of Georgia, made his announcement known last night, 7 p.m., and Tennessee was able to to beat out Georgia, Clemson, uh, USC. Alabama in there too, Ben? I just want to say Alabama. Yes, Alabama was kind of in in there. <laughs> yeah, they was in it, there. It boiled down to Georgia, Clemson, USC, Tennessee, and it probably boiled down more to Clemson and USC as Tennessee's biggest competition. Um, but Alabama was was a school that was hoping to get Matthews back on in a in a, a visit, or he took four official visits to the others, and Alabama was hoping to get him on an official visit and he elected not to take an official visit uh, to Alabama. So I, I don't know that Alabama was kind of in those, what well, was in the final cut, uh, but they were trying to get Mike Matthews for sure at, at one point. They, they're kind of the fifth team, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. hundred percent. Now all eyes are on Edwin Spillman, the four-star linebacker, 6'1", 215 from Lipscomb Academy, brother Nate Spillman, who I, Saw on, saw him on, what's today? Thursday. Saw him Monday. Saw him Monday. Um, And so, already putting on some pounds. Looks like he's ready to go. Edwin Spillman, picking between Tennessee, Ohio State. On Friday, tomorrow, Steve Wilt Frong has a crystal ball with six confidence, I guess medium confidence there. Um, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about the about the commitment. I I feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> so all eyes are on Spillman um, and and Kai Bates now. Yeah, well, Kai Bates is next 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 Wednesday, and we'll have a show on Tuesday before his commitment. Yes. So. Um, we'll, we'll talk him up a lot for sure, but Tennessee is in a position to get another another top uh, prospect and a top three prospect from the state of Tennessee. So, you know that's 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 what it's about. Uh, Caleb Beasley, the number one prospect in the 2024 class, he is a Vol uh, already. Uh, Tennessee in a good position for the number uh, three prospect in the state of Tennessee. Amari Jefferson is the number six prospect in Tennessee, according to 247. Um, 
I'm be trying to up, update the rankings over here because I thought Mark Jefferson was 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 one of them one of them dudes. Um, but Mark Jefferson, really good athlete. Sorry, Nelson and Jackson. I gotta ask you this: Is Amari planning to play baseball too at college level, and how does that factor in here with uh, Tennessee? Yes, uh, he is uh, planning on playing baseball. That that has been something that has has been a important part of the decision for him. It, it seems, and the reason I'm hesitating is not necessarily because of his side of things. It it, it does appear that he has every indication of playing baseball, uh, and that has come down to a Tennessee and an Alabama battle, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I believe he uh, the dead period ends here within within the next couple of days and and before fall camp starts I, I believe he's visiting both Tennessee and Alabama uh, and the goal for him when he goes back to Alabama is to meet with the baseball staff if I'm not mistaken uh, he has a great relationship with Tony Vitello because duh he's a recruit and Tony Vitello has a great great relationship with every recruit that he wants uh, and he is a current Tennessee baseball commit although that obviously doesn't mean much if he is considering Uh, going to Alabama, and there are some that believe that Alabama is the leader for Amari Jefferson at this point, and and now that's not to say that it's over. Uh, Tennessee still has a a chance, a a very good chance to land Amari Jefferson, Um, but they they do have some work to do there as well, and and if you're picking a, I I say that Alabama is is leading, it's it's by the shortest of hairs. I mean, the 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 buzzed hair that I've got on the top of my head. I mean, that's that's how short of a lead it is for Alabama. I have some hair. Homer Simpson. I just don't have hair? a lot of it. Huh? Is it like Homer Simpson? I don't I didn't watch the Simpsons. I, I know who Homer Simpson is, but I don't know what his hair looks like off the top of my head. So so the dead period, uh, according to uh NCSA Sports dot org. August first to thirty first is the dead period. All right. Well he wants to play college baseball. The reason I was hesitating is because you know how colleges are. Like oh yeah, we'll we'll let you play basketball, we'll we'll let you play baseball, we'll let you do this, let you do that, we'll let you run track and field, and and then they get here and it's like nah, you ain't you ain't playing. Uh, so I, I I don't know. I mean, he seems like somebody. And football and baseball is different. It's it's much different than basketball. I re- I remember when that was a big talking point with Malachi Weidman, and it's like how can you play basketball when half the season will be over and they'll be in the thick of conference play when you finally get over to the arena. Yeah. Uh, so baseball is different, uh, but it, it seems like he's destined to, to play both. And look, man, he's been tearing it up this summer on, on the baseball circuit as well. Like to the point to where he may be able to get drafted at, at some point. I, I don't, I don't know if it'd be drafted high enough to where he would decide not to play college football uh, and, and not even come to college at all. Uh, but it, he, he seems like he's destined to, to at least be in consideration to be a draft pick in, in next summer's MLB draft. Uh, he's He's been tearing the cover off of the ball and, and has a, a really, really pretty swing and, and a lot of force in that swing. So uh, he, he is intent on playing baseball, and I, I don't think that that's going to be the decision-making, like the the biggest thing in, in his decision-making process, but it, it, it is a factor. And, like, Tennessee baseball is is – it's doing what it needs to do for Amari Jefferson. Uh, obviously, Tennessee has the leg up if if 
baseball is going to be something he weighs significantly. Uh, right now, you'd much rather come to to Tennessee than than Alabama. I know Alabama just made it to Super Regionals, but they have a new coach. And uh, aside from this year, they, they've kind of been down in the gutter, one, one of the teams on the bottom of the totem pole in, yeah. in SEC baseball. So obviously, Tennessee has the leg up there on, on the baseball diamond. So we'll, we'll see how that factors in. But I think football is, is going to – Again, Tennessee is recruiting Amari Jefferson well. I'm not trying to insinuate that they're not, but they do still have some more work that they need to do. Beatty Chevrolet, all inventory marked down with their best price on the windshield. Get your biggest savings on their largest inventory in years, up to $10,000 off. That is Beatty Chevrolet and BeattyChevrolet.com. We'll take a quick time out, and when we come back, we'll wrap things up. What are we expecting from... Joe Milton, Amari Thomas, Jacob Warren, Josh Heupel, as they represent Tennessee during the last day of SEC Media Days, where Tennessee will be the last team of SEC Media Days. We'll just say saving the best for last. Swain Event, be right back. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Guys, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. Schedule your annual health assessment at Low-T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you just need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. That's Low-T Center. Reinventing men's health care when you are craving some quality barbecue there's only one place to go dead end barbecue dead end barbecue has been featured on espn's taste of the town the first barbecue restaurant on the sec network cbs sports headline news tailgate show amazon primes the restaurant comeback food paradise and name one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in america the search is over dead end barbecue is located on 3621 sutherland avenue right here in knoxville you can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. All right, welcome back to an event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Football season is around the corner, which means, oh, boy, early games being concluded around 4 o'clock or so having enough time to hit up Dead End Barbecue for dinner before getting on the road, or if you're staying over on a Saturday night with an early game, you go to Dead End Barbecue, just hang out all night long. 
go back to your room before hitting the road the next morning. Can't wait to see the parking lot packed during football season over there at Dead End Barbecue. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here in the Low T Center studio. Ben, anything in particular you're looking forward to, wanting to maybe hear from Josh Heupel or any of the three players that will be speaking to the media? Um, No, uh, because in in the the main room, uh, he, he's going to get asked questions that, that I don't care about. Quite frankly, I at this when when you cover the team on a day to day basis, you don't really care about the 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 national media type of interviews um, because they they typically ask questions that you already know the answers to because you're around the program on a day to day basis, or they ask questions that quite frankly you you just don't care about, uh, like uh, Justin Ganey, the Tennessee basketball assistant coach, when he spoke to the media on Tuesday, he was asked what, what's his favorite pizza. And it was like, uh, are we really doing this right now? Um, <laughs> I get it. He's going to Italy, whatever. But th- those are the type of questions that you typically get in, in the type of setting that, that hypo will be at and, and not that um, laid back at at the podium, but it, it's typically things that like you already know the answer to, or, or you just don't really care about um, the, the more interesting one to me is he will meet with the local media uh, at 1130. I believe it is central time uh, on Thursday morning, later this morning. Uh, and, and the, the local media asks, better questions obviously because they're around the program more often and they, they know the ins and outs and, and they know what to ask. So uh I, at this point in the year, Swain, I'm I'm all about the X's and O's and uh curious about newcomers and, and how they're adapting and and things of that nature. I, I'm tired of talking about NIL and uh NCAA investigation and, and transfer portal and, and conference realignment and 2024 schedule 2025 conference schedule like those are all the big picture questions that hypo will most likely get at the podium and i'm i'm sure like a joe milton question or, or maybe even a dante thornton question the, my point is like he'll get maybe one or two personnel questions and and the rest will be big picture college football issues that's typically how it works and like at this point in the july early early august i'm tired of talking about all the off-season stuff i'm, I'm ready to talk ball man I'm ready to, to break down these games and, and talk about practice and who's standing out, who's not stand. Well, Hypo's not going to talk about who's not standing out, but uh, the, those type of things. And, and that usually comes from more the the local media interviews. So to me, that's more interesting. Uh, and, and Hypo's not super revealing. So I'll be curious to say if, if he says anything in, in that regard. So there, there's nothing that comes to, to mind, honestly. I'm excited to see if, if Joe says anything like he did about the Florida game. Uh, just with that confidence we were talking about earlier. Uh, Jacob Warren, uh, Amari Thomas, they're, they're not guys that, that are really going to say a ton outside of the box, especially now that Jacob is an upperclassman uh, and, and not talking about one of his former uh, tight end coaches anymore. Uh, Jacob gives great answers, great insight into the program. Um, and Amari doesn't say a, a ton, so... I don't. I don't expect those guys to really give anything super outside of the box. Joe. Joe will be fun to to follow. So not, nothing that comes to mind, Swain. I, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about the confidence, man. The confidence in Joe Milton. 
uh, Amar Thomas, Jacob Warren. I mean, this is a big opportunity for Amar Thomas. He is is looking to get in, involved in this industry. I mean, uh, sports and electronic media is, I want to say, his major. Uh, talking to him in the past you know, year or two, this is an industry that interests him. So this would be a great opportunity for him on a huge stage. Uh, Joe Milton, his energy is infectious. His personality um, will be on display. And I, I look forward to some of the national articles being written, some of the articles being written from other media members covering other teams that will still be there in attendance. So, man, Tennessee's entering the SEC scene tomorrow, or excuse me, later on today, as a team coming off 11-win season that people respect. And it's been a long time, Ben, since we've had media days where Tennessee is getting a ton of buzz and a ton of respect. So, Tuesday, man, let's hope we're talking about Edwin Spillman being a Tennessee volunteer uh, after he makes his commitment tomorrow around noon. That's Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, and we hope you have a fantastic rest of your day today on Thursday, July the 20th. Peace and much love. We are out.